By penance. By penance. Vidyaya. Vidyaya. By worship. By Yutaha. Yutaha. Being engaged. Being engaged. Yogena. By concentration of the mind and devotion. By concentration of mind and devotion. Samadina. Samadina. By nice meditation. By nice meditation. Rishin. The sages. Rishi. Rishi. The first seer, Brahma. The first seer, Brahma. Rishi Keshaha. Rishi Keshaha. The controller of his senses. Controller of his senses. Sarja. Sarja. Created. Created. Abhimataha. Abhimataha. Beloved. Beloved. Rajaha. Rajaha. Sons. Sons. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. Jai Prabhupada. Yeah. Having equipped himself with austere penance, adoration, mental concentration, and absorption in devotion, accompanied by dispassion, and having controlled his senses, Brahma, the self-born living creature, evolved great sages as his beloved sons. So please repeat. Having equipped himself with austere penance, having equipped himself with austere penance, adoration, adoration, mental concentration, mental concentration, and absorption in devotion, and absorption in devotion, accompanied by dispassion. Accompanied by dispassion. And having controlled his senses. Having controlled his senses. Brahma, the self-born living creature. Brahma, the self-born living creature. Of all great sages as his beloved sons. Of all great sages as his beloved sons. Report by Sri The ritualistic performances of sacrifice are meant for material economic development. In other words, they are meant to keep the body in good condition for cultivation of spiritual knowledge. But for actual attainment of spiritual knowledge, other qualifications are needed. What is essential is vidya, or worship of the Supreme Lord. Sometimes the word yoga is used to refer to the gymnastic performances of different bodily postures, which help mental concentration. Generally, the different bodily postures in the yoga system are accepted by less intelligent men to be the end of yoga, but actually they are meant to concentrate the mind upon the Supersoul. After creating persons for economic development, Brahma created sages who would set the example for spiritual realization. Just to the Prabhupada. Om Agyanati Mirandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshu Umilitam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Vancha Kapa Chubhyascha Kipa Sindhavyevacha Patita Nam Pavan Ebyo Vaishnavebyo Namonamaha Namaste Jibanandaya Dasaya Vanacharine Prabhupavala Vaya Sthida Srila Vinodine Ayana Dantigamanam Pashchate Patitatmanam Jnana Guru Taya Chita Harine Chakshashe Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pacharine Nirvishesha Shunyabadi Pashchata Visitarine Jai Sri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadha Shiva Sadi Gauravatavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Tapasa Vidya Yuto Yogena Susamadina Dishimishirishikesha Sasarja Bhimata Prajaha Having equipped himself with austere penance, adoration, mental concentration, and absorption and devotion accompanied by dispassion, 
And having controlled his senses, Brahma, the self-born living creature, evolved great sages as his beloved sons. Jai. Thank you for attending Bhagavatam class. Nice to see everyone. Good morning. Ah, okay, so here we have Lord Brahma entering into different frames of mind to create different types of living entities. And every time he, he enters into this frame of mind, he gives that up because he's utilizing it for the purpose of creation. And now, just here, uh, he's just evolved the great sages and rishis. So the whole spectrum of living beings are being created from Lord Brahma, um, being empowered by Lord Krishna. And so we have the spectrum of living beings being from the very demonic to the very elevated. And so, uh, like we often say, Iskand is a hospital. And so we have um, a process of purification that the Lord gives in the material world. And as the living entities evolve, um, they, they, they take off where they left off from their previous birth. So whatever advancement one makes, one never loses, Krishna says. So here, the more advanced living entities are being created by Lord Brahma, and they're more in line with the energy of Brahma, because Brahma is also the most pious living entity. So it doesn't specifically say here that Lord Brahma left off this particular mental framework or his body, as he just say. So now this word in this verse that Prabhupada, Prabhupada emphasizes, so let's see here, vidya, or worship of the Supreme Lord. So he said this is most significant here. And Krishna confirms this in Bhagavad Gita, in the 18th chapter, because he says the different divisions of society are created by me, and people act according to these divisions. And no matter what your propensity is, no matter who you are, no matter what your work kind of work is, no matter what ashram you're situated in, it becomes perfect, city, perfection, by worshipping Krishna. So this emphasis there by Prabhupada is very wonderful because it references the, the most important aspect of life. And that's to worship the Lord. Which if we don't, if we don't come to the stage of worshiping the Lord, everything is, everything is lost and useless. Because Prabhupada is saying that there's gradual advancement through following the Vedas, through controlling the senses, controlling the mind of the senses. And it's meant for gradual elevation in consciousness. But once we attain the stage of worship, vidya, then that be starts to... Um, elevate the soul in a devotional way. So Prabhupada, he talks about the highest form of yoga in reference to Krishna stating that the highest form of yoga is devotional service. Yoginam apisarvesham agatenam pratnam shradavam vajitayamam sameyutattamom mataha So then Prabhupada, as Krishna says the highest form of yoga is bhajate, yukta, engaged in devotion, in worship. And Prabhupada spells out the difference between worship according to what Krishna is saying and worship 
that we see in the English um, English language. So he says the difference is, is that worship, the way that we're familiar with, is like veneration and respect for someone. But worship in the sense that Krishna is saying means something different. It means love, faith, and devotion. So Prabhupada says. Faith and love and service. Prabhupada references service. And one is faithfully devoted, then their object of worship is satisfied. The highest form of satisfying the object of love is through service. And that was seen when Krishna, or when Arjuna, worshipped Krishna through his intelligence. He understood what Krishna was trying to communicate to him. And Krishna said, you worship me through your intelligence. And then Arjuna worshipped Krishna through, through fighting the battle of Kurukshetra. Right? So, worship can be seen to be on different levels as well. And one type of worship is according to the Vedic rituals. And it's done for elevation to the heavenly planets. It's done for material gain. So generally we see Dharma is performed for a particular goal. And those goals range anywhere from material enjoyment to mystic powers to liberation, to merging with God. So it depends on what, because because from dharma comes artha, or wealth. And it depends on what, what is the wealth that someone is seeking. Artha. Could be material enjoyment, liberation, mystic powers, merging with the Lord, trying to become one with God. But ultimately, um, this is materialistic worship. But what Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita is Tesham Satatyutanam Bhajatam Priti Purvakam Dadami Bhuri Yogantam Yenamam Upayantite Bhajatam Priti Purvakam He says, worship me with love. Bhajate Priti Purvakam Priti means with love. And by doing so, you'll come to me. He says, I'm the highest and most perfect goal, Krishna says. And so, this worship that arises through um, being situated in a position to receive the mercy of the Lord, like the sages and rishis, they, they cultivate their, their mental condition in such a way that they're more apt to receive the mercy of the Lord. Because when, we, when, the, when the veil of material energy is, is thinner, it's easier to penetrate. And so how is that penetrated? Brahmanda Bhamite Kona Bhagyavanjiv. Guru Krishna Prasadi Pai Bhati Latabis. The Guru, the self realized spiritual master, devotee of Krishna. True devotee means a devotee. True Guru means a devotee of Krishna. Because the highest realization of God is pure love for God. And that comes only through devotee of Krishna. So it's said that a guru can only give what they have, right? So somebody who has attained love of God, they are the true, true guru. So when the veil of material energy is pierced by coming in contact with the guru, then we get the opportunity to really worship the Lord. Bhajatam Priti Purvakam. 
And that's why we say an initiation, when somebody takes shelter of the Guru, takes Diksha initiation, that's called the beginning of spiritual life. Because from that point, we enter into the parampara system, the way to approach Krishna. Way, so we can ultimately win over the heart of Krishna, because no one can actually see God, no matter what the severe penances, austerities, etc. No one can see God, except when God reveals Himself. There's one story the devotee was talking from, from the Vedic literature, Bhardvaj Bhardvaj Rishi. Bhardvaj Rishi is a great sage, and he was a worshipper of, of Lord Indra. So his process was studying Vedas, cultivating knowledge. If I cultivate knowledge, if I, if I fully understand the Vedas, then I'll become enlightened. I'll become I'll reach the attainment of my spiritual aspirations. So Bhardvaj Rishi, as he was studying the Vedas, he realized the Vedas are very vast. It takes a long time. So he did great penances on austerities, and he prayed to King Indra for a benediction. He said, my dear King Indra, would you please give me a hundred more years? Give me another life to study the Vedas. And so, uh, being pleased with his prayer and his austerities, Indra blessed him and said, yes, I will give you this another hundred years. So he continued in this way, and he studied the Vedas. And he realized, I still am not going to be able to understand fully the Vedas. So five times this happened. He asked benedictions from King Indra five times. And coming to the end of the 500th year, he feels like he has, he's attaining mastery of the Vedas at this point. And so Indra, at this point, when, when again Bharat Vajrishi requested him for another hundred years, at this point he wanted to teach him a lesson. So at this point, uh, he manifested different mountains. He said, Bur Bhuvaha Svaha. And he manifested mountains. And so Bharat Rishi understood these mountains represented the Vedas. He said, oh, King Indra is telling me how I've mastered the Vedas. This is wonderful. So then uh, Lord Indra picked up a handful of dirt from the mountain. And he said, actually, these mountains represent the Vedas, and the handful of dirt in my hand represents what you understand. So you see, actually, he instructed him. Actually, it said in the Vedas, that no one can actually understand fully the Vedas, but Lord Vishnu. The Vedas are so vast, no one actually can come to the end of a Veda conclusion or Vedic knowledge with, without being God himself. It's not possible. It's so vast. They have so many purports. He said, but if you understand the purpose behind the Vedas, then you can attain... Uh, your spiritual destination. And Krishna also says this in Bhagavad Gita. He said the Vedas, he said following the Vedic prescriptions are like a well of water. If you have a little well of water, it can satisfy some people some of the time. So people are approaching the Veda to achieve the fulfillment of their desires. And sometimes it's satisfying. But, he says, actually if you know the purpose behind the Vedas, 
That's like a large reservoir of water. What all those individual wells can satisfy through approaching and doing these, these Vedic sacrifices and rituals, sometimes, not all the time, just for some people, some of the time, that can completely be fulfilled by understanding the purpose behind the Vedas. So Krishna says, Sarvastya chaham vidisani vishto matasmitya gyanam aponata vidaisya sarvar am eva vidyo. He says, I'm the goal of the Vedas. And so, although uh, the residents of Vrindavan are very simple, they actually win Krishna over. They actually are the most elevated souls. Like Mother Yashoda, she doesn't study the Vedas, but she became angry at Krishna and chased him with a whipping stick and ultimately tied him up. And in this way, she completely satisfied the Lord through her love. As, as his mother. So that's the beauty of Krishna consciousness, that because we've been given the, the goal of the Vedas, the goal of yoga, the goal of meditation, that cannot be understood except through the blessings of the Guru. And this connection, when, when we study the Brahmana, who was at Rangachetra, who Lord Chaitanya, he blessed him, he embraced him, and, and, and this, this Brahmana devotee became a great devotee of Lord Chaitanya just because he was in the right mood. He followed the orders of his spiritual master to read Bhagavad Gita every day. Even though he was criticized and he was made fun of because he couldn't even read. But he said, this Brahmana, he really understands the Bhagavad Gita. He's a true master of Bhagavad Gita because he simply has love for me. And so this Brahmana, he was having ecstatic symptoms. He didn't even, he didn't care at all about the criticism of others. He didn't care whatsoever that he was being made fun of. Because he had love for God in his heart. He had everything in his heart. And the Lord blessed him. The Lord felt like you are actually a true knower of the Vedas. And knower of where the Vedas are meant to take us. And so also, um, there's this nice story about this great devotee from Mathura. Very simple devotee. Simple-hearted devotee. Simple-heartedness is, is actually a requirement to, to attain uh, Krishna's favor. And so this devotee, he didn't actually understand, because if you study the Vedas, everything has a particular way of doing something, right? You have to pronounce the mantra in a very particular way. You have to do everything at the right time. The proper procedures is very specific. And, and not that the, they aren't, there aren't important devotional practices that we learn. Actually, Lord Chaitanya commissions Sanatana Goswami to write books about a Vaishnava etiquette and performance of proper performances of worship. But without the, 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 without the main essence, the fruit, which is that devotion, these things are useless. And sometimes, uh, to display this, sometimes simple devotees, they don't know these things. So this particular devotee, he didn't know the ritualistic performances. He didn't know the archana process. But he, he took care of Krishna in the form of Shaligram Shiva. And he simply loved Krishna. And he made a vow, and he said, Every day I make a vow that I would bathe in the sacred Yamuna and I will offer 
Yamuna water to, to my Shaligram deity. So this vow, he he wouldn't budge an inch from this vow. He faithfully performed this vow. And there was one particular time uh, where it was very, very cold outside. It was the month of Mag in January. And there was a storm outside. And so to fulfill his vow, as usual, he went to the river Jamuna. And he took his bath, and he was freezing cold. He got out of the water. He was shivering. He could, he could hardly walk. He was trying to walk back home in the storm. It was hard for him to find his way. And this one boy appeared to him, and he had a shawl over his head, and he had a lantern. He said, oh, sir, where are you going? He says, I'm trying to find my way home. He said, come with me. I'll show you the way home. And so this boy uh, took his hand and took him all the way to his home. And, 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 and at this moment, he realized this is Krishna who's taking me home. And he turned to see Krishna, and Krishna had disappeared. So he said, oh, Krishna, you are a cheater. You have cheated me. You appeared and, 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 and gave me your association and helped me, and then you disappeared. And so this simple act of devotion, without any knowledge of Vedic rituals, pleased the Lord to the point where the Lord personally um, guided him to his home uh, from the Yamuna. And so, um, these, these qualities of mental control, of austerity, of sacrifices, of meditation, they're powerful processes to, uh, to purify the consciousness and to ultimately focus the mind on godly things, on things of God. But... Unfortunately, without coming in contact with the spiritual master, all this can be lost. And that's why our gratitude for Srila Prabhupada is awakening as we realize that what he gave us. Now, Prabhupada said, he said, you please me most by developing love for Krishna. I simply want you to, to, to develop lo- love for Krishna and share this process with others. Share love for Krishna with others. Those are the two things that satisfy me the most. And you, can, and you can share love with others the best way by distributing my books. Because I've, I've given everything in my books. I've given the best of me in my books. So we know that the, actually the goal of the Vedas is to please Krishna. That is the goal. If Krishna isn't pleased, then all our meditation, austerities, mystic powers, all our knowledge, intelligence, our high birth, our wealth, everything becomes useless. It has no value whatsoever. But we add that one essential factor of, of love and devotion to Krishna. Prabhupada says, do your, do your service. Do it with love and devotion. And uh, we're reading in the fifth canto, about King Priyavrata. Actually, Priyavrata was the son of Svayambhuvamandu, and Svayambhuvamandu was the son of Lord Brahma. And Priyavrata, he was meant to be the, the ruler of the universe. And, and, and that job was going to be delegated by Svayambhuvamandu. Svayambhuvamandu wanted to delegate that task to Priyavrata, 
The Priyavrata had been influenced by Narada Muni. Narada Muni was preaching to Priyavrata and telling him, you shouldn't get engaged in ruling, you shouldn't get engaged in family life, you should understand that the higher purpose of life is to realize God and to do not get entangled in that web. So Priyavrata being a, actually a great saintly person, he was influenced by Narada Muni and he wanted to follow the, the directions of Narada Muni very much. But Lord Brahma, he intervened on behalf of Svayambhuvamanu because Priyavrata was meant to rule the universe. And he told him, he said, you go on and rule the universe. You do this task that's entrusted to you. And you won't be entangled. And how will you not be entangled? By taking shelter of the lotus feet of Krishna. So this is a powerful lesson because being the king of the universe, imagine the opulence. Prabhupada was describing the opulence on the planet of Brahma, on Satyaloka. It was beyond anything we can even fathom. So beautiful, so opulent. There's basically no miseries there. So Priyavrata is saying, how can I not get entangled in materialistic life being this king of the universe? She said, you'll be protected by taking shelter of the lotus feet of Krishna. And then Prabhupada describes, he says, just like um, a bumblebee is seeking nectar from a flower, and as the bumblebee goes inside the lotus flower to, to take the nectar, then the, the, the flower petals protect the bumblebee from the scorching sun. So in the same way, when the devotee, no matter what their occupation in life is, when they take shelter of the lotus feet of Krishna, and they take that as their refuge, then they'll always be protected. So we can envision and meditate on the fact that when we take shelter of Krishna's feet, it's like a bumblebee going within the lotus flower, being protected by the scorching sun. This beautiful example given by Srila Prabhupada. So, so before we take to Krishna consciousness, we seek everything but Krishna. We go everywhere but Krishna. And when we become focused through blessings of Guru and Krishna, Krishna is pleased to reveal himself. And in that way, we taste the sweetness. We take the sweetness of Krishna's lotus feet, and then we can remain nestled on Krishna's lotus feet, at Krishna's lotus feet. We, we can remain there. And there's a beautiful prayer by King Kulashekar, and he says that the swans, sometimes they go and they play with the stems of the lotus flower underneath the water. And when doing that, they get sometimes tangled within the stems of these lotus flowers as they're playing. So he said, just like that, just like the swan is tangled in the stems of the lotus flower, <clears throat> please let my mind, Krishna, be entangled in the same way your lotus feet. And so we're, we're begging for mercy as we're, we're singing the names of Krishna, as we're chanting the names of Krishna, as we're worshiping Krishna, we're going forward with the different processes of devotional service. We're begging Krishna to allow us to understand his beauty. 
to be attracted to His sweetness, for that to manifest in our heart. And through that sweetness, we become entangled. And that's the good kind of entanglement. We want to be entangled. Generally, we think we don't want to be tied down. People say, I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to be imprisoned. But when we're entangled in Krishna's love and beauty, then that's so wonderful imprisonment. When we become captured in that way, we are so blessed. So that's what we're begging from Krishna as we chant his names. And we continue to uh, seek his mercy every day. Okay, so does anybody have any questions or, or comments? All right, Krishna. Yes? Is there, is there like a, a time when Indra became less self-absorbed and you knew that the object of the Vedas was the Krishna consciousness? Because there's that past time about the hill and the sort of thing that's in the example all the devas are great, are great souls and all elevated, pious souls. So actually, when Lord Indra, when he prayed for forgiveness, after he, he uh, rained down the heavy rainstorms in Vrindavan, and Krishna protected by lifting Govardhan Hill, at that point, Lord Indra begged Krishna for forgiveness. And Krishna at that point accepted Lord Indra, accepted his prayers. And I believe it was Lord... Indra, oh no, I think that was actually Lord Brahma, prayed that he just become a stone in Vrindavan. So actually these demigods, they're all, they're all great souls. And, and these pastimes are simply to show the power of Maya on one hand, on the other hand to glorify Krishna. And to show the proper mood after one commits an offense. So actually, actually the Lord very beautifully accepted the prayers of Indra after that pastime. So... And his apology. So I think about how there's sort of two phases of Indra in which one of them is he's an opulent king and he's willing to lord it over uh, the heavens, the material. But, um, but when being confronted about um, the, the anthill, Krishna says they are all Indras, he, he renounces himself and becomes a sage instead. And now we can do this sort of thing to not be so self-absorbed. Mm. Yeah, like we were saying, we hardly, we only know the tip. Like, like imagine the lifetime of a demigod. It's very long. We only know a few little pastimes of thousands and thousands of years in our, in our calculation of the devas. So there's so many pastimes of Lord Indra, I don't know. I'm, I mostly know the ones that Sri Prabhupada gave us. Anybody else? Yes, the Davis. Yes. Are the Davis the same as the demigods? Yes. Yeah. So they're they're the controllers of the of the of the universe. Delegated by Lord Brahma. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like Davis and Asuras are more Sanskrit based for words demigods and demons and this sort of thing? Yeah, and they're used in different contexts. Sometimes Davis meant like a saintly person, sometimes it's meant a demigod. Yesterday, one devotee, uh, Amarnath Prabhu, was hearing his lecture. He said how in India, many people consider, uh, because 
gods and demigods. So he said, actually, all demigods, they all work for Krishna. He was explaining how Ganesh, he removes the obstacles for Krishna's, for Krishna. So similar to Brahma and all that. So actually, all the devas, they all work for Krishna. Yeah. So Krishna the Bhagavad Gita says, the less intelligent worships the demigods. But why does he say that? Because most people are approaching the demigods for material benediction. And at the same time, we have so many stories where the gopis are praying to the demigods. So they're, they're the most elevated souls. So why are they praying to the demigods? Because they're praying for love of Krishna. Like they're praying to uh, Durga to attain Krishna as their husband. But most people pray to Durga. Why do they pray to, to Durga? They pray for material blessings. So, so but if you... we pray two demigods for to assist in Krishna's service. Yes. Like Prabhupada said, Ganesh holds the lotus yes. feet of Krishna on his head. And so the lotus feet of Krishna, they can remove any obstacles. So that's why he removes obstacles, because he has Krishna's feet on his head. So we can pray in that way. And all these, all these demigods, they acknowledge time and time again throughout the scriptures that Krishna is God. And they're all pointing to God. Even the greatest material benedictor, known as Shiva, yeah. is also the greatest spiritual benedictor as well. He's, all, he's pointing to Krishna. That's why all the demigods go together when there's yeah. some big problem in the universe. They all go together to pray to Lord Vishnu. So. Vaishnavanam Yathasambhu. The greatest Vaishnav is Lord Shiva. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I thought Krishna was the ninth reincarnation of Vishnu. Mm. Yes. So, Krishna has primary avatars, um, but he's always descending perpetually, and he comes so many times. Just like we just told the story about the, uh, the devotee in Mathura the Lord came to take him home. So the Lord is always coming different times, but he has scheduled incarnations. Um, there is sometimes confusion. People sometimes think that Krishna or Vishnu is a source of Krishna, but actually, actually it's not the case. And, and the reason being is because Krishna actually has the full qualities of Godhead. And his, his incarnations or expansions only have partial qualities of Godhead, partial power. So it's actually said that the highest planet in the spiritual world is Goloka Vrindavan, and that's Krishna's planet. It's actually it's also the largest of the spiritual planet. And it's where the, the highest form of love takes place on Goloka Vrindavan. So in order to facilitate the material experience, then Krishna expands as Vishnu. So Vishnu has, has a particular uh, feature which is meant to, on one hand, uh, manifest the material universes, on the other hand, to inspire uh, awe and reverence from devotees who are in the uh, dasya mood of servitorship and reverential affection. So, but Krishna has all the qualities that every expansion has and more. So that's why the, the, the original source, it says in Bhagavatam, Krishna's tu Bhagavan Swayam. So there's so many expansions of Krishna, constant, innumerable expansions. Krishna is the source of those expansions. So, yeah. And uh, Radhwani is his potency. Yes. Internal potency. Yes. Internal potency, yeah. Internal. Pleasure, pleasure potency. 
Yeah. Yeah. I really like um, Bhagavad Gita chapter uh, 7, verse 7, where it says that Krishna is basically saying that there is no true superior to me, and then he says that everything rests upon me as pearls are strung on a bead on a thread. So when you think about a garland, everyone's always admiring the flowers on a garland, but no one ever talks about the thread that holds the, the flowers together. So Krishna remains invisible, everyone sees the flowers. But this is Krishna, everything rests on him. You see? Yeah. So I, I just thought that's a beautiful. Krishna likes to push forward his devotees. Yeah. So, like, he wanted to uh, give the glory to Arjuna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. So, that's one of his qualities is that he likes to he likes to give glory to the devotees. Yeah. He likes to give actually so many things to the devotees, although the devotees don't care for it. See, I just want you, Krishna. So. Krishna loves his devotees so much. He says when he was driving the chariot of Arjuna. He even forgot he was God himself. <laughs> He's so focused on serving his devotees, he forgets he's God. Yes. Rantara Shima Bhagavatam Kita. Kita Parapa Kita.